Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your man, MG, Mark Scrand, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield. We're all back. It's been a while since we've all been here together for a pod. I love it. Viper. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, great nickname, Pats. But no, it feels good to be back. Uh, it's kind of been weird the past like week and a half. We haven't had the whole team, but... It's all good to be back together. Yeah. We're back. And just in time, too. We, we just finished week one of the preseason. Uh, training camp is very much underway. It's time to freak out about things that don't need freaking out about. Um, it's good. Life is good. So uh, we will do that. We'll have overreaction theater today. We'll, we'll talk some headlines. Uh, we'll talk some, some fast food, too, because, you know, why not? Whatever. Uh, anyway, before we do all of that, uh, actually, one, one note before, before we, uh, we talk to, to Murph. Um, for folks in the Southern California area, uh, if you want to come harass us in person, you will have the chance to do that on Monday, August 26th. Uh, we'll be doing a live show at the Yard House in Marina Del Rey. We'll come out. We'll do a show. We'll do some Q&A afterwards. Uh, we are also going to open up a handful of spots for a listener fantasy league that we'll be all participating in. So uh, come on out. Have fun with us. Uh, we certainly will would enjoy, uh, you know, if you guys want to 
kick in some appetizers or a, a frosty beverage. I don't think any of us are going <laughs> to complain about something like that. But uh, yeah, come on out, have fun with us again. It's uh, August 26th. That is a Monday, I believe, eight o'clock, eight p.m. Uh, eight p.m. is when mm-hmm. we will be out there, and, and we'll, we'll remind you. We still got a couple more pods before we get up to that, so we will remind you of that. But uh, just throwing it out there. So anyway, before we get too much deeper into the show, we'll go behind the glass and talk to our faithful producer, Senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's up? I'm glad you guys are all back. I'm very excited for this uh, Marina Del Rey Yardhouse uh, trip we're all going to do. And I want to wish Fabs a happy birthday. Yeah, happy belated, man. But, oh, thanks, man. But I'm sure the number one gift you wanted was both Dak and Zeke to sign. Over <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what, though? my the, the gift I want more than any other, Yankees World Series. Yeah. That's what I want. Oh, because um, they've, they've never done that before. I'm totally fine with that. Not That <laughs> over the not, Cowboys. Not lately. Yes. <laughs> Although, so uh, a buddy of mine was down in Cabo uh, last week. And texted me, and he's like, uh, I'm at a place called, I think it was like the Diamante or something like that, and, and uh, guess who's sitting at the table next to me? I'm Zeke. Like, Zeke. I'm like, is he is he lifting weights? Or? Is he in good shape? <laughs> he's I mean, doing he's doing 14-ounce curls probably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know, go ahead and and, uh, and introduce yourself and tell him that uh, a lot of our fantasy football teams are, uh, uh, you know, awaiting his return. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's going to make him hurry. I know, yeah. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know what? There is, uh, there's surprisingly very little Zeke in today's show, but I'm sure something will happen in the next few days, and we'll have to talk about it. But uh, in the meantime, let's do some news. The news. Okay, we got to start with this because it is absolute comedy. I oh, do not man. care. Antonio Brown. Okay, first it was funny enough when we thought he's going to miss time potentially because he had frostbite on his feet because he didn't wear the proper footwear when he went into a cryotherapy session. Like that to me was sort of amusing and just like, okay, this is really weird. Now he is unhappy about a helmet. Uh, in case you didn't see, Mike Silver, our our, car, our colleague and friend here, uh, had a long Twitter thread yeah, about yeah. what's going on uh, with Antonio Brown. The, the long and short of it is the helmet he had worn previously is no longer on the approved list uh, by the NFL. He had a one-year grace period before he had to change. Now his helmet is no longer approved. Uh, he, will, he will not be allowed to practice or play and can be, you know, be either fined or go without pay uh, if he decides to wear this helmet. Now, mind you, you know, guys like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady also have been forced to change their helmet. I'm sure they're not thrilled about it, but they're going along with it. Antonio Brown, in the meantime, says he will not play. In fact, has intimated that he may retire if he can't wear the helmet he wants. He wants to uh, file a claim against the league. Whatever. Anyway, the long and short of it is Antonio Brown's not in camp right now, Fabs. And, uh, I mean, we all know how talented he is, but at some point, like... If we're going to spend a, a third round, second, third round pick on him, like I think we'd like to see him show up. Yeah, right? remember what I said last week. I, like, I don't know why, um, you know, whether it's it's you know 31 years old, whether it's going from an offense that you know had the most pass attempts last season to the offense that had the 16th, um, whether it's you know, Roethlisberger to Carr. I, I, I somewhere in the back of my mind, I'm concerned that something bad is going to happen with Antonio Brown statistically. Yeah. And this is just like, and I'm not a big fan of him. Uh, regardless, I, I think he's tremendous. He's been a great fantasy wide receiver. He's been the fantasy wide receiver for the last, you know, five seasons. But, dude, I mean, enough with the foolishness. I mean, you know, the with with the frozen feet, 
and now with the helmet and threatening to retire. And I remember he had done a, an interview with Jeff Darlington um, a, a little ways back where he basically doesn't he says i don't really need football i mean like you know he talked about how he bought his gigantic house in cash and you know he's his own brand and he's an entrepreneur when you start hearing those things from a player and now he's holding out uh of camp for now maybe holding out's not the the best the best term but he's not in camp right now because he doesn't want to wear the nfl's league approved helmet i mean come on dude like, I mean, it's come on. It's a bizarre situation. Stop. Um, I'll say I was not drafting Antonio Brown at all um, before even this news came out. I mean, he's been pretty low in my ranks all summer. Where do you have him ranked? Um, 32 overall. I wouldn't I have not spent what out, what position at wideout? 13 behind Adam Thielen, I think. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, I dropped him. I mean, it's not spots. crazy right now. No, I, I know. But for what it's worth, I've had him there pretty much all summer just because I, I'm not a believer in Derek Carr. Um, he's never ranked above league average in yards per pass attempt. Mm-hmm. The Raiders are not going to throw downfield as near as much as Big Ben did. Uh, ben, Big Ben has thrown deep downfield at like the league's fifth highest clip uh, for four straight seasons, five straight seasons. Um, and now we have all these weird off-the-field concerns with AB that have kind of lingered over from Pittsburgh into, into Oakland now. Yep. It, it, it's just a situation like I, I'm just trying to avoid, um, especially with so many good receivers that are on the board near near his ADP, T.Y. Hilton, Keenan Allen. There's just so many good players mm-hmm. that I'd just rather have, and I'm just not even trying to mess around with it, especially that early. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the thing is that right now there's just it's just it's kind of an unnecessary risk that early in your draft, and I think that's that's going to cause him to fall because people just don't kind of want to deal with the headache of it all. Um, I mean, a, a couple of points on this one. Uh, Will Brinson, who is great on Twitter, if you don't follow him already, uh, had a, a really funny tweet last week. It says, fantasy football is bordering on letting people draft a, quote, you want to get nuts, let's get to nuts combo of Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley, don't. Melvin Gordon, Antonio Brown. Like, yeah. you, like you just you just mentioned my first three picks <laughs> in the Scott Fishbowl. Oh, no. Zeke, Gurley, and Brown. Right. I mean, like, wow. it's one of those things where, like, right now it's kind of a scary group, but, like, you know, if they all show up, like, that team blows up all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, I'm way less concerned about Zeke than those other guys, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the other part of this is, and, and this has nothing to do with fantasy, I, just kind of watching the story and watching the reactions to it sort of reminded me of how silly it is, this thing that we all do, um, that like we, we invest so much emotionally into like, it's football, man. Like, it's funny. It's it's a, well, it's a game. But, like, I get it. Like, I understand. Like, there's a lot of it. It, it just made me laugh. Well, not only that, not only is it a game, like, it's a humbling game, right? We're going to get so much stuff wrong and right. be able to not predict so many different things. It happens things. every season, it, it happens dude. Like every single year. Yeah. I'm going to put out a column at some point in the next couple of weeks um, with, with a, uh, you know, 10 stats that happened last season that have no chance to happen again, you know, in 2019. And there's going to be so much, and it happens every single season. We all know it. There's so much that, that happens every football season that no one predicted because it was unpredictable because the only thing predictable about the NFL is that it's unpredictable. Right. And we're going to be looking back and thinking, boy, we really blew that one. I, you know, I mean, it happens every season. Like Antonio Brown right now, like he's, he's one of the biggest question marks in fantasy football. And this is a guy who had been a, a first-round pick for what seems like forever. Forever. Now, forever. third round. Yeah. Final point here on the silver thing. The thing that kind of caught my eye most is not that he's obviously shown up, not showing up, right? Like he's he's not there. But when he has shown up, Silver said he's like checking his phone during meetings, looking yes, at Instagram. Which, he's been late to meetings. Honestly, like same. 
<laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true. But Marcus, you're not going out there trying to compete against NFL cal- caliber athletes. I mean, you're, yes. you're in here when, sitting next to me every day. Right. When, when I'm when I'm sitting on set, there's no safety trying to take my head off. If I'm not necessarily 100 percent paying attention, yeah. you are correct on that. Uh, yeah. So we'll keep an eye on this. I will say right now, the biggest winners in this whole Antonio Brown deal, HBO. Uh, yes. There you go. <laughs> Which was that's, that's without episode question. two of Hard Knocks tomorrow night. Um, Duke Johnson, he's free. At least he's free of Cleveland. You know, he had been saying that he wanted to be traded. He had spent basically his whole career there, kind of trying to fit in and never really finding a role for himself. And so the Browns sort of kind of helped him move along. They sent him to the Houston Texans. One. Uh, Graham, obviously this opens things up for Nick Chubb, but two, I think the bigger question is what does this mean in Houston for Duke and for Lamar Miller? Sure. I I think it definitely hurts Lamar Miller's floor, and we were kind of buying Lamar Miller as a floor player anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, Duke Johnson coming in and stealing some targets is definitely not good. Um, Again, this is a Texans team that does not throw to the running backs. For whatever reason, Bill Bill O'Brien has just refused to throw to his running backs, refused to make Deshaun Watson's life easier. Last year, the Texans threw to their running backs on first and second down on just 12% of their pass attempts. That was the lowest clip in the NFL by far. I mean, not even close. Uh, hopefully, Duke, having Duke Johnson back there ups that a little bit, and we can kind of get some PPR juice out of him. But I, I'm not really convinced that O'Brien will know how to use Duke Johnson appropriately, which we're back in the same <laughs> conversation the same we just had in Cleveland. Um, <laughs> I, I, moved, I moved Johnson into, like, the RB35 range. I haven't yeah. fully updated my ranks. But I feel like, I think that's right. Like, eighth, ninth-round pick. Miller's, like, a sixth, seventh-round pick still. But I, I just – it. it but Duke is viable now. Like, he wasn't really viable, right. I felt like. Right. It, 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 but that's the point, is at least he's viable now. Because we, we're not entirely sure what his role is going to be. I'm not going to sit here and say I know what his role is going to be. Um, but at least he is viable. Yeah. Yep. And, and in terms of Lamar, I think when, when Deonta got released, we were thinking, well, then Miller's got a good shot to retain the value he's had. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, uh, he, ever since he's been with the Texans, he's never been worse than RB24. So in 12-team leagues, he's always been an RB2. And we thought, well, flex starter, you know, pretty good flex starter in a 10-team league. But now that you bring Duke in and you decrease the, the potential for Lamar to catch passes that Bill O'Brien's not setting up in the first place for his running backs, at least on early downs for, cer- for certain, uh, Lamar's now, he, he's bordering on low-end running back three. Yeah, and it's funny, too, because once Foreman got released, I think, I, I felt like fantasy Twitter was sort of like, something's going to happen. You know, I, I just didn't, I don't think people believe that they were going to go into the season with just Lamar Miller as their running back. I mean, I saw some wild things about maybe they trade for Melvin Gordon. I didn't buy that. No. <laughs> I wasn't I, buying into I, that one. I will say, I mean, the, the compensation of the trade dictates to me at least that he's going to be get at least get a chance right. to be like a 55 45 starter split which obviously kills Lamar Miller uh, a ton it, yeah it kills his it kills his floor yeah absolutely uh, more running back news this out of Seattle Pete Carroll says Chris Carson will catch more quote for sure uh, in the words of Eric Cartman that's cool um, <laughs> <laughs> look I, I wrote a couple weeks ago that you know, Chris Carson was being undervalued in drafts and, and you know like and look he he's not and I part of part of my logic was sure he doesn't catch the ball a ton but 
he just gets the he gets the ball a lot. And even if he's not necessarily catching it, he's still getting touches. And maybe there's a way to kind of use that as a market inefficiency. But now, Fabs, I mean, if he's catching the ball on top of what he's getting as a runner, uh, suddenly Chris Carson looks a heck of a lot more attractive back. Yeah, there. no doubt about that. And you know, let's not forget he was he was one of the one of the gems last season. A guy that uh, w- ended up being a steal for a lot of fantasy owners. You know, when they drafted Rashad Penny, you had Mike Davis in the mix. Uh, Carson still went out. And, uh, and and put up over a thousand yards. He was the running back, fifteen. Only had twenty catches last season. Uh, so if we see more in the terms of opportunities as a pass catcher for a fifth round pick, uh, this is what his ADP is at this point. Right. I think it's going to move up probably into the fourth round. That's a pretty good value. I this is one of the situations where I actually believe coach speak. Right, <laughs> um, Brian Schottenheimer last year quietly. I know the Seahawks just didn't throw very much at all mm-hmm. on early downs, but they were actually one of the top 10 teams in targeting their running backs on first and second down last year. Mike Davis's departure uh, opens up over 140 touches in this backfield. I think Penny is probably maybe a little bit better the beneficiary on passing downs than Carson, but I definitely believe Chris Carson can catch the ball. I mean, he's so explosive in the open field. It's such an easy thing to get your running back out in the open field uh, with the rock in his hands, and Chris Carson is just so, so dangerous. Um, my favorite thing to do this year, guys, is when I have like one of those first three picks, Carson at like 410, 4'11", or first pick in the fifth, fifth round to pair him with Barkley or Kamara or McCaffrey. That's solid. It's so mm-hmm. solid right now. And yep. in those third, you know, third, fourth round picks, you mm-hmm. can use on or second, third, second round pick too. You can use on receivers. It's right. just such a great setup to uh, for your for your draft right now. Mm-hmm. It's a top three pick. So this means Rashad Penny is just not a thing. No, uh, I mean he's going to get he's going to get more opportunities than he did last season. I mean, remember Mike because Mike Davis is gone. Yeah. So uh, and and you know we saw if you watched the the you know the first preseason game you know he, he showed a, a little bit there and this is this is a guy who was a first round pick. The Seahawks are going to give him every opportunity to produce, but I, I do think that Carson is the clear cut. Yeah. He he's he is the guy in that backfield, whereas. Earlier in the offseason, we were hearing rumblings that this could be a committee. I, I really think this is Carson 1 and Penny 2. I was definitely wrong about the, the Seahawks' backfield last year. I thought because Penny was a first-round pick, he yep. was going to come in and get all the touches. Mm-hmm. But Chris Carson beat him out in camp, and yep. then he beat him out during the entirety, the, the entirety of the regular season as well. Um, Carson's the guy there, and Penny, I think, can be a flex starter because there's just so many touches available back yep. here. Yep. Yeah, you know, it's funny, too, because I, I sort of felt like that at the end of last season, that the, the Seahawks were going to give Penny every opportunity to sort of win that job, but Carson's so good, happening. man. He's really, really good. Yeah, it's just not happening. Uh, more running back news. This in Denver, uh, Fantasy Twitter sort of had a, a little bit of a minor freakout when the Broncos signed Theo Riddick because it looked like it was going to clog up that backfield. The bad news for the Broncos and Riddick, a shoulder fracture will keep him out for six to eight weeks. That will take us, obviously, into the first couple of weeks of the regular season. So I guess, Graham, it's back to status quo in that backfield with Lindsey and Freeman for for the moment? Right. We were kind of expecting a running back by committee. Um, I, I think it's fair to expect that Freeman and Lindsey are going to nearly split carries this year. Mm-hmm. Lindsey had the slight lead in the red zone role last year and obviously hit the passing down juice. But yeah, you mentioned it. I mean, having Theo Riddick back there definitely kind of clogs the passing down snaps up a little bit. But for now, at least, I think we can expect the Broncos to carry Devontae Booker um, throughout at least the first couple of weeks of the season now that Riddick is hurt. Um, but for me, I don't know how you guys feel, but Philip Lindsay's overpriced in the fifth round, right? I, I mean, think so. I've yeah. dropped him a few spots. Yeah. Well, but I, I think I think he's priced that way because I don't I don't think people have clued into the fact that it may be a more even split this year. I think people look at what happened last year and expect 
a sort of redo of that. And, and look, if it ends up being a redo, that fifth round price is fine. But if, if that gap closes an opportunity, then you are overpaid. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, Rich uh, Scangarello, who's the new offensive coordinator, he's a Shanahan guy. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't be surprised if this became Devonta Freeman, Tevin Coleman. Uh, sort yeah. of that situation where point. you're getting, you know, maybe 16 to 17 touches from Lindsay and somewhere between 11 and 13 touches for Freeman. But it's going to get close because in the second half of last season, we saw Lindsay sort of take off mm-hmm. and, and it was Lindsay's show. It really was. Um, it, and and, and uh, so I, I really do think that it's going to it's going to close. That gap is going to close. Yeah, I mean, it's a bizarre thing, right? Like, why would you want to take Philip Lindsay off the field even more? I mean, he was one of the most efficient and explosive running backs in the NFL. I, I'm not really entirely sure why Denver wants to, to take his passing snaps down with, with Booker and Riddick around and Freeman. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, one of those kind of situations I don't think ADP is really fully caught up to where Lindsay's role is actually going to be. Yeah. Uh, last bit of news, Jermaine Curse. Uh, suffered a broken leg in a preseason game. Um, look, he was sort of a, a little bit down on the depth chart there in Detroit. We know their top two receivers are, are going to be Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, uh, but there was an opportunity for Jermaine Curse to maybe make a, an impact. I don't know. Is, is is there anybody besides those top two receivers that that you know either of you are? Amendola might end on? up being the security blanket for Matthew. I've Stafford. heard that. I've heard that. I mean, yeah. PPR. I, I still think Jones and Galladay are just going to get all the targets. Mm, yeah. yeah, Marvin Jones is. We've talked about this, Marcus. Marvin Jones is such a great buy. I think so. I feel like he's being underrated. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I heard the the early stories. I think out of camp where they were saying he might get traded or whatever. Maybe that has an impact. But look, as long as he's still there. That wouldn't make much sense. I mean, they their receiver depth outside well, of those two is now especially especially now especially now. <laughs> I, I give you guys a little, little trivia. I'm, I'm almost done with this offensive coordinator coaches column that's taking me forever uh, to put together. How dare you? It is. It is a <laughs> How monster. Dare you I feel bad uh, uh, for you, my friend, because it's a lot to read. I'm excited. But um, you know, Daryl Bevel has been an offensive coordinator for 12 years, mm. and he's had. 2,000-yard wide receivers. That's it. Wow. Just two. That's Doug Baldwin bad. and Sidney Rice. That seems... Sidney Rice. Sidney Rice. Man, I haven't heard that name. That's yeah, it. Baldwin that's did it right twice, there. and Rice was once. It's just... A, well, I found that very interesting. No, it makes sense, because when I was going through the team previews, his uh, his offenses have been top 10 in run rate eight times out of those 12 years. I mean, part of it, too, is like, you know, he had freaking Adrian Peterson and Marshawn Lynch. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, unless, so unless Carrion Johnson is going to be as effective as one of those two guys... It, we, we still like Galladay. Marvin Jones is still a good buy uh, based on his ADP. But it is interesting to see that, you know, there haven't been a lot of thousand yard wide receivers in Bevel's uh, career as an OC. Carry on has so much upside this year. He so is so much upside. Though. He is skyrocketing too in ADP, yeah. right? Bevel's never had a running back catch more than 46 balls, though, in a single season. So hmm. maybe 50 is a little, little high. Um, but he could certainly get in the 40s. That running back, by the way, was Moeldy Moore. <laughs> do you remember Moeldy Moore? Yeah. Tulane. Tulane. Moeldy Moore. Man, you just you just basically described Daryl Bevel as like a human wet blanket. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing exciting about that. Uh, there, there hasn't. Yeah, there hasn't been. Although he did uh, lead Vasante Shanko. Uh, to a couple of ten uh, top ten finishes. Man, are there, just, are there just more like names you want to pull out of the crates right now? Like seriously, like, <laughs> he's a fantasy tight end for like a year or two. Yeah. Man, huh. yeah, well, historical research, my friend. There you go. That is pretty much everything you need to know.
was the news. So we went through preseason week one. Every team played, unlike you know, Hall of Fame week, you just have the two teams play. All 32 were in action last week, so that means we got to see glimpses of a whole lot of players, which means... It's time to freak out. And everybody uh, overreacts to what they see in preseason week one. And we'll do this, you know, we'll obviously do this every week. And we'll do it again, especially after week one of the regular season, because that's when you get the biggest freak outs, because then everybody's watching. Yep. Um, but I, I, I listed some things here uh, that, you know, were basic kind of a fantasy overreaction from what we saw in preseason week one. And uh, we can kind of kick these things around. The first one, Daniel Jones is a QB one. He comes out. Marches the Giants down the field, five of five passing, 67 yards and a touchdown. So, Fabs, this means obviously Eli Manning is going to retire sometime this week, and uh, Daniel Jones is going to be like a fourth round pick. Yeah, not so much. Okay. <laughs> not so. I mean, if you're a Giants fan, Edward. I, and and by the way, don't think that we didn't notice that you posted the picture of, of yourself and Daniel Jones all over social media. <laughs> some, of my, some of my friends were like, After are, you that gonna, performance. are you going to post that every time he does something good? I was like, yeah, you already caught on. Like, Everywhere. <laughs> this was the same guy who was pissed after he got drafted. Sure. I, I was pissed the direction they went. That being said, yes. I'm going to support the guy. Like I said, the, the human aspect, I just felt bad for him. Yeah. Like after people just crushing him. But uh, three of those five, well, he went five of five, three of those passes. Is, those that, were he had three really good throws. That touchdown, yeah. that touchdown pass was a nice spin. The touchdown pass, the slant nice route, and the out. Uh, it's all I'm going to say. I don't want to say anything's going to haunt me, but those three passes <laughs> were very good, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, well, I mean, Eli had been having a good camp too, so I would, I, unless the Giants do. Sorry, Ed. You know, the the they shock the world and actually compete in the NFC East, which no one thinks that they're going to do. Daniel Jones is going to see starts as a rookie. He's going to right. But he has absolutely no redraft value at all in fantasy football. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine so. I mean, unless something really flips in the next couple of weeks and, and he overtakes Eli Manning, but I don't. I just don't see that. I mean, I've been in leagues where Kirk Cousins didn't get drafted. Think Daniel Jones is getting drafted? Oh, man. No. No. <laughs> uh, over in New England, Jacoby Myers had himself a night. Six catches, 69 yards, a pair of touchdowns. That was on eight targets. So, Graham, we are scrapping the kill Harry, right? And it's uh, Jaco <laughs> Jacoby Myers, first off. Great national law firm, obviously a pretty yes. good wide receiver too. Yes, you know it's no he's he's no Salino Barnes, but you know Jacoby Myers, <laughs> oh, man. he's pretty good. Now, now, now you were talking about me. <laughs> it took me a second to get that one. Yeah. That was good. Uh, no, uh, Nicole Harry had a couple nice catches in that game too. Yeah, by the way. Um, but yeah, I, I mean I saw I've seen Jacoby Myers start to go a little bit later in drafts. The, the Patriots' third receiver spot is like just a total question mark right now. We're waiting on Josh Gordon being reinstated. I guess Philip Dorsett could play there, but yeah. Patriots receiver corpse is a little bit up in the air right now. Um, which, by the way, I don't, I don't think I asked you about this because it's. I feel like it's just fantasy catnip, right? Every time Josh Gordon's name appears, like people kind of start buzzing. Oh, I, st I still, I still buy in the catnip for sure. I still buy <laughs> down. Absolutely. He's working out in Gainesville, man. Uh, he's trying to get reinstated. He's coming back. Yeah, he's trying I, at least. He's trying. And like, look, I, I do. I wish him the best. I just, you know, I don't know. I, I. I I just really can't. I can't do this anymore. Again, it, it's, <laughs> it's, My emotions can't handle it. It's the, it's the Lucy and Charlie Brown situation. We, we've held the ball for so long, and, you know, inevitably, you guys are, it's going to get pulled up. Uh, We're going to fall on our butts. Yeah. You guys need to get back on the truth or train. It's, 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 it's happier over here. 2013 was so long ago, man. <laughs> it was so long yes, ago. Yes, but Marcus, he was so good last year when he was on the field. Uh, right, that's the point. I have to add that caveat. Oh, man. Um, the Browns are the greatest fantasy offense ever. 
Baker Mayfield, without even without Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, they just moved up and down against Washington. They scored a touchdown. Baker, 6 of 7, 77 yards and a touchdown. Um, now, Faz, I mean, this is maybe a slight overreaction, but, I mean, what we saw out of the Browns, like, sort of validates everybody's excitement about this We're all team. excited, dude. I mean, the Browns are, that's the team in fantasy football right now. You know, like, everyone's talking about them. Baker averaged right around 19 points per game when Kitchens was the OC last season. He was the QB 10. He looked tremendous. Then you bring in the fact that Odell Beckham Jr. is in the mix, along with Landry and Njoku. Uh, Antonio Callaway is going to miss four games due to a suspension. Nick Chubb now is a going to be a true featured back with more possible opportunities as a pass catcher after the trade of Duke Johnson. The, the, the Browns are a fantasy football darling, that team. That whole offense is just loaded with guys who can put up numbers. And the fact that they grabbed, they got Odell Beckham Jr., sorry, Eddie, uh, in the offseason just makes this offense even more appealing for fantasy owners. You know what's real sneaky is without Duke Johnson, I think Jarvis Landry is in for just like even more targets. Yeah. I mean, without, I mean Duke was going to steal some of those kind of underneath RB-like targets. Uh, but but Landry, people hate drafting Jarvis Landry, and he's still he I mean, goes as in a the three, sixth, seventh round. When Kitchens was the OC, he was averaging like I think it was like six point seven targets a game. It wasn't much, right? Right. So, but now without Beckham, maybe we see the, that was without Beckham. Now we see kind of more of a condensed target tree. I think sure with, with just mm-hmm. Beckham and Landry as the one-two punch there. Um, I'll be really interested to see what the Browns do. Uh, you know, Antonio Callaway's suspended for the first four games of the year. He's had a bad camp. He's been playing through injury. Richard Higgins, I guess, is their number three now. So Landry yep. is just, I mean, yeah, you're right. He's, he's not in a bad spot. That's for nope, sure. Right. Nope. Um, we haven't talked about this in a while, but what are we doing with Kareem Hunt? I mean, right now he's got like an eighth round ADP. Do you want to take eight straight zeros? Because I, I don't. That's the yeah. thing. Is like I so don't. That's why. That's just I'm not drafting. That seems insanely high right I ha- now. I haven't drafted him in in a mock. I haven't drafted him in a real league. I haven't drafted Guys, him at all. Nick Chubb. Okay, there are four running backs that have better outlooks in the first eight weeks than Nick Chubb, like David Johnson, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley. Maybe Zeke when he comes back and right. Christian McCaffrey, five or six, right? Who who else has a higher expectation than Nick Chubb in the first two months? No, I mean that's the thing. So it's like so it's not only the eight straight zeros you're getting from Kareem Hunt, but it's also the situation of what exactly does he walk back into? What kind of role does he walk back into when he get? I mean, for the Browns, it's great to have that other option there. But if I'm going to hold on to this guy for you know eight, nine, ten weeks. I want to be assured he's going to give me RB1 kind of production. Like, I need for him to make up that lost ground quickly, and I just don't know if that happens. Yeah, fantasy football is a weekly game, and you kind of forget that, like, oh, my God, it's week six, and I've got four players on right, bye. That's the thing. <laughs> my, my RB4 is injured. I can't sit on Creep Hunt. Like, right. You, you can spin that pick in the 12th round, but you could also spin that pick on the 12th round on somebody who's actually going to help you or at least has a chance to help you in the right. first two months of the season. I want wins. I don't want zeros. Right. And I think that that's the thing it is. It's like, it, it seems like a good idea until you're facing bipocalypse and you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> you know, you gotta re- rearrange your roster. Cause you're not going to, you know, you're not going to drop your second wide receiver because you gotta deal with. Bias. And it's not even like Kareem Hunt's coming in and will overtake Chubb and be right. the featured back like his role is going to be significantly reduced to what we're used to during his this, time in Kansas City not the Kansas City and if, Hunt. and if Chubb plays as well as he did it, last season and with the schedule that Graham mentioned he is going to put a vice grip hold on that starting spot it, and Kareem Hunt will come in and do very little other than spell him I get so many people in my mentions when I talk about Chubb it's like 
oh, Nick Chubb uh, is not going to be the starter when he when when Kareem Hunt comes back. It's like yeah, how do, how do you know that Nick I, Chubb is was awesome <laughs> last year and he's going to be awesome for the first two months of the season. And if you listen to Freddie Kitchens talk, he's had nothing but great yeah. things to say about about Nick Chubb. This so. is the same Nick Chubb who was a higher almost a higher touted po- prospect coming out of Georgia mm-hmm. than Todd Gurley before mm-hmm. he hurt his knee. Yeah. Yeah, so he's awesome. You know, yeah, I just I, I look at that ADP in the eighth round and I just like what? It just it, it blows me away. What what where is Kareem Hunt going off in the eighth round? I don't know. I'm just That's like insane. Uh, apparently it's happening. Uh, uh well the calculator's got him at eight, so you know it, it's a it's a yeah, compilation. The calculator needs to recalculate because I mean it is a got, compilation. That is yeah. he's got the tenth round ADP on NFL.com. I mean he he goes in the first eleven to ten rounds. People are I mean people are optimistic, man. Like, you know. You got to have hope, I guess. Hope's a day. They look at the stats and, and they fall in love, not realizing there's a dude in front of them who is not going to relinquish that role outside of an injury. Hope is a It's just not going to happen. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, he's a bust. Forget him. It's done. You know, we don't have to worry about him anymore. Uh, <laughs> 8 of 14, 117 yards and two picks. Uh, I mean, look, I, I don't know if anybody had high expectations for the Washington offense. I think any of the quarterbacks that come out of there were, you know, we're hopeful at best. I feel like Haskins, his best value is a dynasty kind of guy. Like yep, you're yep. waiting for a couple of years down the road. Um, yeah, it wasn't great what we saw from him over the weekend, but I mean, I don't know what people are expecting. The Redskins need Trent Williams so bad. So bad. <laughs> their their left side is just, I mean, it, Haskins is going to be eaten alive if Trent Williams doesn't come back, which it doesn't sound very likely that it he's doesn't come seem back like anytime soon back. no not soon maybe not at all that, it sounds that, like he's done that roster's a fantasy wasteland guys it, is, it really is outside is of darius bad. you know there's there's very little upside to me trey quinn maybe you can throw him out there we've been hearing a lot about jordan reed we've been down that road before with jordan reed he's maybe you know the best he's best receiver they have on the team no he is but we're so snake bitten from him that it, that it's hard to really Jordan, take anything he does. Jordan seriously. Reed is going to see like 110 targets with an average depth of target of like six yards. Down. Yeah. Okay. Right. But if it's assuming he doesn't get hurt, <laughs> so let's say you're spinning. But say let's say it's the the 14th round. I mean, would you would you take yeah. that, that shot at Jordan? Reed? I like Jordan Reed as a late round type. Oh no, me too. Okay. Yeah. Right. When I miss yeah. out, when I miss out on the whole like fifth, sixth round tier of like Howard. Ingram and Henry, that's where I'm heavily just hammering in every draft. If I don't get any of those guys, I, I don't mind Jordan Reed in the you know, yeah. 13th, 14th round. Right. He's yep. not sexy. He's not going to win the like, league. But. He's, he's sort of the consolation if you're not able to get like a Vance McDonald or yeah. Mark Andrews, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to punt tight end down the you know road a little bit and wait a few more rounds. You know what's a really fun combo this year is Mark Andrews and Jordan Reed. You get the home run swing with Mark Andrews. We'll see what you got, and then yep. Jordan Reed's the floor play. Yep. Yeah, and they're actually coming off the board like one pretty much yeah. right, right next to each other. I've done that quite close. a few times. Ah. Uh, David Montgomery is an RB one. He's it's, it's it's lock it up. He's top ten. Uh, you know, I know that that fantasy analysts have been going nuts for David Montgomery. I like him a lot too. Uh, he walks into a huge role with Jordan Howard now in Philadelphia. Three carries, sixteen yards, and a touchdown. Three catches for thirty yards. Um, I mean. I guess Graham, what's what's not to like? I guess the only question is like, is is he now vying with Josh Jacobs to be the top rookie running back at this point? Jacobs does go way too high, and I, th- I think their expectations are a lot closer than people give credit for. But at the same time, Montgomery is going in a range where he he goes around Chris Carson, James White, um, Kenny Galladay, Tyler Lockett. It's a really tough ADP range, and it's really hard to go all in on Montgomery. But but yeah, I, I definitely I, I definitely love his overall outlook going into the season. I mean, the Bears have all those carries open from Jordan Howard. Mm-hmm. 270 touches. Yeah, Tariq Cohen is never going to be a big goal line back to begin with. Right. So for sure, 
yeah. I, I like Montgomery for sure as an RB2. I mean, one of the most elusive running backs to come out of college yeah. in a long time, you know, uh, per pro football focus, he led all running backs in forced missed tackles over the last two years. He's a playmaker. Uh, again, you mentioned Jordan Howard no longer in the mix. That's 270 touches that are available. And at Montgomery's probably going to eat up every single one of them, if not more. Right now, over the weekend, his ADP rose to the fourth round. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to put a, a little investment in yep. him uh, to to grab him at this point because the stock is rising. Ah, uh, all right, this is for you, Fabs. Kyler Murray's a top five QB. Last hey, week, last week wow. you had him at you had him at top eight. Now he goes out right. and, and he uh, he wows everybody. Six of seven, forty four yards. He looks confident in the pocket. He gets the ball out quickly. So obviously you've moved him up. He's a top five guy now, right? I don't think I can. I, I can't move him up any. <laughs> I mean, you know, consi- considering you know you got like the big four up there and then. The situation with Andrew Luck, we'll see with the calf. But I, I mean, I've moved them ahead of some pretty significant names already: Cam Newton, uh, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff. I think he's 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 up there, man. Like he, he is. I don't think I can move him any higher than I have him right now. And you know, there was just a lot of dinking and dunking. Yep. You know, he went six for seven. Uh, they kept it real, real. Yeah, they kept it real simple. Exactly. But, yeah, but Kyler was real comfortable back there. Yeah, dude, very, very he's a confident kid. And again, you know, a stat that I've mentioned a couple of times in the last you know few weeks. If you look at since 1999, the five rookie quarterbacks who have finished in the top ten in fantasy points in their first NFL season either rush for 500 or more yards or five touchdowns. Kyler can do both. I'm excited to see what the the Cardinals do in their second and third preseason game. Andy Isabella is supposed to be back this week. He's coming back off a minor knee injury. Um, last week, they what they, it was funny, they ran Max Williams out there on their first drive. I remember when he's the thing for like two seconds. Yeah, Matt, Matt, they basically <laughs> used Max Williams detached as a receiver in their first preseason game. I'm really excited to see what they're kind of going to do in their first two uh, actual preseason games with some of the receivers back. Right, right. because so, so Cliff Kingsbury, if you look back at his time at Texas Tech, what, the slot receiver was the one that thrived. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Jay Samaro. You remember Jay Samaro? Yeah. He actually had a really good season at Texas Tech yeah. playing predominantly out of the slot. We're all thinking it's going to be Fitzgerald, right? Or is it going to be more Isabella? I think what they'll do is they'll, they're going to run 10 personnel, four mm-hmm. receivers mm-hmm. more than any a team lot. in the NFL. Yep. They're, so that means you're going to have two dual slot receivers. Fitzgerald's going to be one of them. Yep. And I'm really hoping it's Christian Kirk. And the inside, I think Isabella and Kirk are going to kind of swap inside of that, mm. that second slot position. Mm-hmm. But when they go into three wide, it'll be really interesting to see how they align Kirk. Is Kirk the now the X receiver? How do right. they use Isabella? I, I mean, they have so many guys that they can use in different spots. I think that well, they're all going to be lining up all over the. Field. And I sort of wonder too, like how much of this imp- is impacted by whether or not Keyshawn Johnson kind of works yeah. his way into because that's a guy that I've liked since the combine. You've been on him, by the way. He's been ahead of H- Hakeem Butler all camp. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. The thing about him though is that I don't know that he has the speed to play on the outside necessarily and so if that might force Kirk outside or Isabella outside a little bit more just to get Johnson some better matchups in the slot and so I think if if somehow Hakeem Butler can can make up some ground and get on the field then maybe that changes things but you know I don't know that's, that's going to be if Butler's gonna, if, fun offense to watch if Butler's going to have an impact this year it's not going to be the first eight weeks he's going to have to take some big strides during the season because yeah. right now it's not happening yeah uh, all right, so Daryl Henderson's overrated. Todd Gurley's back to being a first-round pick. Uh, six carries, thirteen yards, two point two yards per carry. Like we can, we can, we can call off the celebration now, right? Cancel the Hall of Fame can, jackets. Can, can, we, can we agree though that the sixth round is too soon to draft this kid? I said it last week. Yeah, yeah. Can we agree? I mean, I mean, like the the ceiling is like through the damn roof. But certain things have to happen. Hey, Michael Jordan, the ceiling is the roof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, right? I mean, like that's let, let's let's put it. You know, 
if Gurley doesn't get hurt, this kid's value is is in ceiling is certainly uh, limited. I will put it this way. Uh, Miles Sanders typically goes behind Darrell Henderson in drafts. And, and I would rather have not Miles happen. Sanders. That should not would happen. rather have Miles Sanders. And I, I speak as a Darrell Henderson, one of Darrell Henderson's biggest fans. I mean, he blew up my yards creative process, and I still think he's <laughs> going to be a fantastic player. Um, but, I, yeah, he, he should not be going in the sixth round ahead of Miles Sanders in drafts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I just – there has been such Todd Gurley hysteria that that it's had a lot to do with this, and yeah. so that that has helped Henderson a lot. Um, but man, sixth round is that's awfully pricey. Yeah, it's 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 maybe the biggest boomer bust pick in fantasy drafts right now is is Henderson because you're and again we talked about it last week. You're you're investing in an RB two who is behind uh, the best running back in fantasy football for the last two seasons, and I get the knee is an issue, but that's a, that's a lot. To, that's a that's a hefty yeah. price to pay. I think I think I'm. Still buying Henderson just for the fact that he might have like a Chris Thompson type role. He could be a flex starter, and then right. obviously the upside is just ginormous yep. in early misses time. Right. Yep. Uh, James Washington is the new Juju Smith Schuster, right? I mean, we were looking for that number two. Juju moves up to number one with Antonio Brown gone. So who slides in? I mean, yeah, sure, Dante Moncrief is like playing well and getting all this hype, but Juju or but uh, James Washington four for eighty four and a touch on five targets. Uh, we can we can forget it. It's all it's all about James Washington now, right? I actually really like James Washington. All right. Quite a bit. I, I have all right. also. Yeah, I think I know Fabs and I've kind of been on the James Washington train a little bit this year. Um, I th- it feels like people are forgetting about him. I mean, I mean, the Steelers are the best team in the NFL at drafting receivers, and everybody wants Moncrief to be a thing. Everybody likes Deontay Johnson too, uh, but it does feel like Washington has been a little bit forgotten about. I mean, at Oklahoma mm-hmm. State, he was a monster producer, two back-to-back years of a thousand yards and ten or more scores. Yep. Uh, fantastic athlete and now he has all of this open opportunity sure Dante Moncrief is going to cut into it a little bit Vance, Vance McDonald's is going to cut Dante into it a little Moncrief bit Dante Moncrief is so but, like not durable though right but Washington is so, so he's so cheap still I mean he's, oh, he goes in the 10th 11th yeah, round he's still so cheap yep. I mean, so easy to kick the I, I saw a report that you know Moncrief was two and now it's Dante and and uh and James Washington who are sort of battling it out for that I read that too I, I just I, I'm I'm I like Washington as a as a late as a late round dart throw. Um, I really do. Any I mean I guess not a major concern uh, about opportunity in the offense because the Steelers threw the ball nearly 700 times last yeah. year. First and passes. It's hard to think they're going to yeah. come close. To, I mean, like I feel like if they're coming close to that number, things have gone wrong for them this year. If they're right? not going to come close to that number, shouldn't we just be buying all the James Conner then? Yeah, I mean that's that's an idea. I mean, if they're if they're going to go a little more run heavy this year without right. AB, we should be hammering James Conner. Yeah, I mean you might be right. I mean I just because like throwing the ball, they, they threw it 689 times last year. Yep. That just seems that seems improbable. First, first and pass get, attempts, fifth <laughs> and offensive plays. Just seems improbable that they get back to that again this year. Uh, Darwin Thompson is you know what Darwinism is uh, alive and well in Kansas City. Six touches, 51 total yards, and a touchdown. And so while everybody is worried about what to do with Damian Williams and Carlos Hyde, uh, we're all sleeping on Darwin Thompson, right? That's 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 true, right, Fabs? That's it. Mm. <laughs> Late round dart throw. I, I still feel like Damian Williams is the target here, although that his values cooled a bit after what Andy Reid said with the potential backfield committee. But, I mean... <laughs> Williams was so tremendous in the second half of last season into the playoffs. 
he was putting up numbers better than Kareem Hunt was from a fantasy mm-hmm. perspective. Now, I get it. 27 years old, has never been a featured back in the NFL. There are some causes for concern. But, I mean, we're not talking about, you know, s- some dynamic running back behind him who's, you know, in Carlos Hyde. I, I still am in on Damian Williams. I don't know if I'm taking him in the second round. He's probably more of a third-round pick. Mm. But I still believe he'll lead that backfield in touch. Twitter's been so high. Oh, no, I should say They've been hot and cold on Damian Williams, yes. right? It's like at yes. first, it's like it's all about Damian Williams. Then he gets a little bit hurt and misses some time. And now it's like, Carlos Hyde is the thing. I've, right? ju- I've just stayed steady, man. Like Andy Reid last month said Damian Williams is our guy. It's just a matter of production. Right. Go, go do it. The only thing that has changed is he strained his hamstring. He's back in camp today, and he was taking reps with the first-team starters. Mm-hmm. I mean, Darwin Thompson, that Darwin Thompson, uh, did you guys see his run where he hurdled a defender? I mean, yes. I get it's fourth and fifth string. <laughs> but that was a pretty sick run. That was pretty sick. Um, yeah, I just, you know, Andy Reid is generally kind of a one-back guy, you know? He, he wants to give one guy a whole lot of opportunity, and so that, that means, to me, it's I, Damian Williams I, until we hear otherwise. I really hope, I really hope people keep souring on Damian Williams because when yeah. I start my drafts with uh, RB receiver and then Damian Williams in the third round, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not going to be upset about Doing that. some no. research, too, on Reed, his offenses, we already know they're very running back friendly. He's had 11 combined top 10 finishes at the position, uh, which is great for, you know, for Damian Williams. And he's, he likes to give one guy the football. He yeah. really does. He really does. And so, like I said, like, you know, dating back to his time in Philadelphia, that's kind of you know, been his M.O. Somebody asked me about you know how I felt about Carlos Hyde. And I was like, well, you know, look, un- until I see that it's not Damian Williams, I can't really trust Carlos Hyde either. I mean, Hyde like, has not been good, guys. Like Carlos Hyde has been on his last look, three teams. He's been last in yards per carry um, compared to the running backs on the team on his last three teams. Mm-hmm. His last 400 plus carries have averaged 3.5 yards per carry. And since he entered the NFL, he's last in yards per target among running backs, and he is last in yards after the catch among running backs. Hey, but one thing we know, he's uh, traditionally pretty good in week one. So. <laughs> <laughs> so if you just get him week one, lock him up, and then you're good to go. Ezekiel Elliott is the greatest running back alive because, you know, the Cowboys running game was just kind of meh without him, right? He's in Cabo chilling. Uh, the Cowboys running backs, 18 carries, 55 yards, no touchdowns, just generally underwhelming. So that means, uh, you know, Zeke, when he comes back, is going to be the number one overall pick because he's just a, is that great, right, Graham? He is. He's great. Here's a fun uh, hypothetical, though. Where are you guys, t- like, if you were on the clock right now at four overall, can you take Zeke? Um, I did, actually. Yeah, I have. Let's yes. say the first three picks are Barkley, McCaffrey, and Kamar in some order. Yeah, I'd take Zeke four. I could take DJ four. I think I'd take DJ four like at right this very minute. But I would think about it. Like I'd probably use the whole clock before yeah. I, before I, I pulled the trigger. I've, ta- I've taken DJ as early as three. Um, but I think I would take. I think I could take DJ over Zeke. I, I listen. But call I, me a homer. I'm homer. taking him four. Yeah, that's fine. Um, look, I, look. I don't think he should slip past five, though. No, I, I that's would, the thing. Yeah, and because I, I, I still believe in my heart of hearts that they're gonna get something done. Okay. Like I just don't think they're gonna let this go very far. And, and even, even if for some crazy reason it gets into the regular season, it's not gonna go that long in the regular. It's season. It's so much a different situation too, because Zeke has. Sorry, Zeke, but you have no leverage. I mean, you're you're in the fourth year of your deal. Like Melvin Gordon is at least entering the fi- that fifth year option. Mm-hmm. So if you don't play, if Zeke does not play this year. He's going to be in the same situation he yep. was the year before. Mm-hmm. That, t- that contract is going to toll over. Man, I never thought that to analyze fantasy football, I'd have to be a CBA expert, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who ever thought? Yep. <laughs> so, 
Ah, there you go. Those are some of our overreactions for preseason week one. Of course, uh, if you have some that you overreacted to, good, bad, indifferent, uh, hit us up on Twitter, uh, either individually, or you can hit us up at the uh, NFL podcast uh, Twitter handle, whatever. We just want to hear some of your overreactions. I think that that would be fun to do. Before we go, uh, I saw a story uh, that I thought was kind of funny. There was a a Taco Bell pop-up hotel in Palm Springs. Uh, now, Eddie, you said that your your girlfriend was out there, right? I know she she does news, and so she was out there to cover this thing, right? She took the trip out there, yeah. And uh, uh, she saw the whole the facility. Like, they changed the ho- regular hotel over to everything Taco Bell themed, so like the colors changed and the, the food they were serving. I'm like, getting a stomachache just thinking about it. You don't like Taco Bell? <laughs> I can't eat it. Oh, man. It destroys me, dude. <laughs> I can't eat it. So it was the the V Palm Springs was uh, was the is the actual hotel and then Taco Bell took it over uh, for what it wasn't long it was like just like it's a, a few days right yeah, yeah. it was a weekend um, so you could go there if you love Taco Bell they were serving Taco Bell food they decked the whole place out in the Taco Bell colors I, uh, and the whole scheme yeah I've got a friend she she she's like a huge Taco Bell fan she told me there's a freaking wait list to get onto it. Yeah, yeah. Like you had to sign up, and like hopefully they picked you to stay there for like just one of the days. That's of the weekend. wild to me. I heard it was mostly like in, in like social media influencers oh, though to, to promote what's going on, but which is unfortunate for the the diehard fans. Right. I mean, you figure those those folks, you know, the diehard fans are probably your best word of mouth. Yeah, exactly. Think, to to kind of get that sort of thing out there, especially because it's a pop up. It's not like you guys are building an actual hotel forever and ever. I don't know, man. I want to go and put a Taco Bell robe on and chill out by their by their nice. Uh, you do taco no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was questioning yeah. that uh, for a second. I'm like, wait, you, Graham's kidding, right? But it, come on, Viper, it did, it's Taco Bell. It did make me think, though. I mean, look, we've all, even if we don't eat it anymore, we have all at some point, you know, gorged on Taco Bell at some I'm point in our for lives. Taco Bell because it got me through college. Uh, I think yeah. I, I think a lot of people can say the same thing. <laughs> I, I don't think you're alone in that. Toilet paper companies also appreciate. Taco they do. Bell. <laughs> I mean, look, I will say this. There is a genius in being able to take the same like four ingredients and cre- and just like fold them into different shapes and like call them a new menu item because that's basically what it is. It's like the same like four or five ingredients. Uh, it's folded into like my mother made a good point once upon a time. She's like, think about when you bring home Taco Bell. No matter what you order, it all smells the same. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad, but it is true. It is an <laughs> actual fact. It all smells the same. Uh, but say now, that I think, but, <laughs> now that I think about it, you're right. But it way. did make me wonder. So I, I figured we can do a rank this. And Eddie, I, you can get in. You can jump in on this too because you, I know, are a Taco Bell aficionado. Eddie, you right. take the, my spot in this because I don't. I don't eat Taco Bell. Of okay. the four of us, I know you probably eat it more frequently. But uh, so I said, like, let's rank our top three Taco Bell. Menu items. So, I, Eddie, as as the the expert here, I think I will defer to you and let you go first. Your your top three menu items. The kind of boring. The top three though are like their specials: the Crunchwrap Supreme, the Cheesy Gordita Crunch, and okay. the Chalupa Supreme. Oh, so those are like the the three go to. Okay. All right. Uh, Graham, do you have? Uh, you yeah. Agree? I mean, if you don't put the Cheesy Gordita Crunch in there, I mean that was like my go to. But yeah. guys, Baja Mountain Dew. That was oh. the thing. Baja oh. Mountain Dew. How much sugar's in that? All that, of it. Does it matter? All, all of it. <laughs> does it matter? <laughs> of course. I mean, that that is a must for me. And by the way, have you guys ever had? Well, obviously, probably not now. But do you ever have their breakfast? Oh yeah, yeah. I've breakfast, had their, their breakfast. Their breakfast wraps yeah. are not bad. No, they're good. Well, I haven't had one in not 
too long, but at least uh, when I used to have them, they weren't too That long. just seems dangerous. All right. It's a good way to start your day, Fabs. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> no. Honest, no. I, I can not tell not you really. what the rest of your day is <laughs> probably really. looking like, Graham. <laughs> not really. Yeah, you just eat the breakfast and go back to bed. So. Uh, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So my three, I got, I got the grilled stuffed burrito, which I loved. Uh, the Doritos Locos Tacos, yes. which is also great because every yeah. year you get that free one from the World Series. Yeah, uh, and like, it's an old school one, but I love the Mexican pizza. Oh, wow. Yeah. I dig the Mexican pizza. Yeah. That was the last time I went. Now you mentioned I definitely went and got a couple of Doritos Locos tacos yeah. during the World Series. I, you know, I don't know if you guys remember this. For a while, uh, Taco Bell did a, a a bacon cheeseburger menu. Yes. Um, I don't remember that. I, it, it didn't last long. And I remember it I remember it specifically because my best friend was telling me he went to a Taco Bell drive-thru. And, he, you know, the, the voice on the other end, you know, welcome to Taco Bell. What can I get you? And my friend says... Um, hey, can I, I'm thinking about that, uh, that bacon cheeseburger burrito and the person on the other end said, are you sure? <laughs> and he said, no, I guess not. <laughs> so he, if, the, if the guy at the Taco Bell menu is asking you your question, yeah, asking right, you questions yeah. about stuff, you're ordering, like, are you, you know, sure? You're, it, no, you're probably it, doing it wrong. If we've learned any, anything from Demolition Man though, That's which right. was set in 2032, Taco Bell will eventually win the franchise wars and everything will be Taco Bell, which means I'm never eating fast food. It was fine dining. You know, you had Sandra Bullock and, uh, and Sylvester Stallone dressing up to go. Uh, I love that Taco movie, Bell. by the way. That was yeah. a, Eddie, that, that movie, you, you, have you seen it? I mean, no, you're, you're, you're a I'd youngster. Fine with Taco you never Bell. saw Demolition Man. I have not. Demolition Man with, with Wesley Snipes as uh, Simon Phoenix. Eddie, I expect you to watch that before the next podcast. If you, like, if you just like sort of like just mindless action films, yeah, dude. like. So good. Demolition Man. And you is love Taco Bell. That's it. Yeah, I'll add it to the list. It is worth. It's definitely worth. Got to watch it, dude. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. There you go. So uh, I'm sure you guys didn't expect to log in and, and hear a whole bunch of Taco Bell talk, but uh, you know that's what we're here for is to oblige you for these sorts of Got things. Stomach. Um, yeah, quick reminder again. <laughs> uh, we are doing a live show Monday, August 26th for folks in the Southern California area. Yes, please come out. Yes, uh, we'll there be- will be four spots available for our. Friends in uh, our uh, our listener, exactly. So, um, so come on out. uh, I don't know. We'll we'll make you do stupid human tricks or something like that for it. I think we should. I think we should have uh, Graham dress up like Viper. Oh God, dude, we're getting him a flight suit. Dude, that'd be great, man. Should I? Should I get the big aviator? Oh, heck yeah, gotta do it, man. Heck yeah, completely oversized ones. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll remind you that, of course, uh, over the next few podcasts before uh, we get up to it. So there you go. The address too quickly, just for oh, uh, yes. fans. One three four five five uh, West Maxella Avenue, and that's in Marina Del Rey. Yeah, it's, or Marina Del Rey. It's a beautiful place, a great spot. Marina Del Rey. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just or just plug it into Google and stuff, and it will direct you there. So there you go. That's it. We are done. We appreciate you listening. You know the drill: tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember: when someone says you can't get anything without hard work, remind them about dandruff. We'll see you on Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top ten for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, save on select steel battery tools. Right now, save $50 on the FSA 57 battery trimmer set. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. With AK-10 battery and AL-101 charger, offer valid for limited time only while supplies last. See participating dealer for details.